from the book of Revelation, chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed for a little season. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. I'm planning on updating that website quite a bit here uh, over the next couple of months. I want to kind of get it to where you can find all the studies you're looking for very easily. Um, as of right now, you can just go to the website, and there's a drop-down, and you should be able to find like the Torah portion studies and the Book of Revelation studies, stuff like that, but I kind of want to have blog posts with each individual study embedded on them or something along those na- along that nature, uh, so be looking forward to that. Today, we're resuming our study in the prophet Isaiah. We're looking at chapter 27, which is a continuation of what's been happening, right? Uh, which is uh, the restoration of the kingdom, the judgment of the world and restoration of the kingdom. Now, chapter 27 isn't very long, uh, but we're also going to read from uh, Zechariah chapter 14. So, even though Isaiah 27 is only 12 verses, we're going to read Zechariah 14 because it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, So, the lot to chew on prophetically this morning. It's important to remember that the Bible did not always have chapters and verses. So, what we're getting ready to read read is a continuation of of the thought of what we read last week. So last week ended with this idea. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So we've got to that moment where where God is telling his people, come into your chambers, come into the protection, because the whole world is about to be judged. And that continues into the very next verse, which is the first verse of chapter 27, in which we see kind of the defeat of Satan in the world systems. But it's described symbolically as Leviathan. Now Leviathan was a, is, a, is, or at least was, a real creature. A real creature, that, some kind of giant water monster, if you will. Uh, that's not the best way to describe it, but think of a large uh, aquatic beast known as Leviathan. Let me read you just a little commentary. This is just a paragraph from F.B. Meyer to start this thought. Because what's really happening here is not just judgment on the world and kind of destruction of the satanic kingdom. 
but God caring for his people in the vineyard. Remember that that imagery is used a lot by Jesus. Uh, the vineyard. The kingdom of God is like this story. Here's a vineyard and God left some people in charge to take care of it. Right? Or come work in the vineyard and I'll pay you a wage. This this thought here of Isaiah, it's, it's about that protection, that care for that vineyard, and at the same time, judgment of the world. Here's what F.B. Meyer says. Throughout these chapters, we must remember that the doom of Babylon and the restoration of God's people are symbolical, or sim, yeah, that's, that's the word he uses, symbolical of other events for which the word is, world is preparing. Then Babylon the Great shall give place to the holy city, which comes down out of heaven from God. Egypt and Babylon are represented by the Leviathan, a general term applicable to any great water animal. The one had its Nile, and the other its Euphrates. Parallel with the destruction of our foes is God's care for his own people. They go hand in hand. I mentioned yesterday in our psalm, about the wheat and the tares. They have to grow together until it's time for the harvest, but when the harvest comes, both are cared for, right? The good fruit is gathered and brought into the barn. The weeds are gathered and thrown into the fire. Two separate circumstances during the harvest. And that's kind of what we see here. God says, come into your chambers. Hide yourself for a little while because God has come out of his place to judge the world. Let's have a look here. Twelve verses. In that day, remember, this is a continuation of, For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place. In that day, the Lord, with his sore and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent. And he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. So please note, first first verse is a apocalyptic imagery. It's this. It's I believe could be the exact same conversation we're seeing in Revelation twenty, which I opened the podcast with. And the angel came down with that chain, and in verse two, Revelation chapter twenty, he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Continuing on. In that day sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment. Lest any hurt it, I will keep it night and day. See, you have two different thoughts Two different things happening at the same time. On one hand, God is judging Leviathan, which I believe represents Satan and Satan's kingdom here on earth. But on the other hand, he's saying, sing. Talking to those who are in his vineyard, he says, this is my vineyard and I keep it. The Lord God is the one who waters it every moment, lest anything hurt it. So, while all this chaos is happening, he's still watering and caring, protecting his vineyard, his people. 
Verse 4, fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and the thorns against me in battle? I would go through them. I would burn them together. Or let him take hold of my strength, he that make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. See, two different thoughts. Those of you who are coming against me, what's the point? I'm going to destroy you in battle, right? Who brings the briars and the thorns against me? I would go through them. I would burn them together. But those who are willing to make peace with me, they will have peace with me, God's saying. Verse 6, he shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. Hath he smitten him? Has he smote those that smote him? Or is he slain according to the slaughter of them that are slain by him? In measure, when it shooteth forth, thou wilt debate with it. He stayeth his rough wind in the day of the rest wind, of the east wind. By this afternoon shall the iniquity of Jacob be purged, and this is all the fruit to take away his sin, when he maketh all the stones of the altar as chalkstones, and are beaten in sunder. The grooves and the images shall not stand up. Yet the defended city shall be desolate and the inhabitants forsaken and left like a wilderness. There shall the calf feed and there shall he lie down and consume the, branch, the branches thereof. When the bows therefore are withered, they shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire for it is a people of no understanding. Therefore he made them will not have mercy on them, and he that formed them will show them no favor. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river unto the stream of Egypt, and ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which are ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts of the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. So we have this moment of judgment. But then there's people coming even out of Egypt and Assyria, remnants, when they hear the great trumpet. And they're going to worship at the holy mountain. Zechariah tells an interesting story about the, the, the kingdom age, the millennial age, if you will, about how nations will be required to come and keep the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a feast that symbol, symbolizes dwelling with God. And if they don't keep the feast, well, you're not going to get any rain this year. It's, it's very, very interesting. And I believe it, it may coincide with what's being talked about here in Isaiah chapter 27. So let's just read it real quick. 21 verses. Zechariah chapter 14. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be shaken, and the horses rifled, and the women ravished. And half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle, 
and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and towards the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove towards the north and half towards the south. And you shall flee to the valley of mountains, for the valley of mountains shall reach to Azul. Yea, you shall flee like as you fled before an earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. That's an interesting thought. God's returning to the world, and he's bringing his saints with him. The book of Enoch refers to this. Jude refers to that, quoting the book of Enoch. He'll come with ten thousands of his saints, right? Verse 6, And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them towards the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and winter it shall be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And in that day there shall be one Lord, and his name is one. Maranatha. Come quickly, Lord, come quickly, right? Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Let's get that thing happening. When, he's, when he lands on the Mount of Olives, he brings peace. He keeps the peace with a rod of iron. And he's king over all the earth. Verse 10, And all the land shall be turned as plain from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, and it shall be lifted up and inhabitants in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the place of the first gate, unto the corner gate, and from the tower of Hanel unto the king's winepress. And men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. See, it's that same thought, right? There will be destruction, but then there will be peace. And this shall be the plague with where the Lord shall smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. You see, the Lord's going to judge with fire. It's, it's going to be no problem for him. It says their flesh is going to burn off. Their eyes are going to melt. Let's continue on. Verse 13. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of the heathen around about shall be gathered together gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. And so shall the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beast that shall be in these tents as this plague. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and keep the feast of tabernacles. So there's going to be a remnant left. And the remnant of those nations will be expected to come up to keep the feast and to worship the king. This is going to be an interesting time in human history. <laughs> a majority of people, majority of Christians have no idea what the future really is. They don't understand 
that the future kingdom is here on earth with the Lord reigning physically. It's going to be a wild and interesting time. So the nations will be, be required, come up and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Not a huge surprise, Tabernacles is a biblical feast, and it was a sojourning feast. You were expected to go to Jerusalem. Well, now that the king is here, he's the king of the whole earth, and everyone is expected to send representatives, at the very least it appears. Verse 17, And it shall be that whoso will not come up of the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. So if a nation does not send families up, guess what? No rain for your nation. Verse 18, And if a family of Egypt go not up and come not and have no rain, there shall be a plague with it, wherewith the Lord shall smite the heathen that come not up and keep the feast of tabernacles. See, He's ruling with a rod of iron. Cause and effect. There's going to be consequences to not obeying the king. Going to be an interesting time. I'm excited to see this and how this plays out and what this actually looks like in in real time. A few more verses and we'll wrap it up for this morning. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that come not up to the Feast of Tabernacles. In that day shall there be the bells of the horses, holiness unto the Lord. And the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts. And all they that sacrifice shall come and take them and seeth therein. And in that day there shall be no more Canaanite in the house of the Lord of host my friends that is our study for this morning exciting stuff come quickly Lord Jesus come quickly you know we speculate is the Lord coming back is the Lord coming back all I can say is that the world sure is ripe for it the world sure is ripe for it There's been nations and there's been areas and there's been, you know, places in the world that were controlled and dominated by evil. But the whole world has become like the Tower of Babel. United through the internet, united through governments, uniting themselves basically against the people around the world. Not only is the world ripe for his return, but we desperately need his return. Which is why I think it's near. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.